1: the podcast we are live it's Saturday night October 21st it's 10 p.m which yes that means this is the show that goes to 11 Dre again is having technical difficulties getting in on the show for the moment I am your host Jay I guess we'll start off talking about oh boy but Dre and I driving the bad beat bus once again on Thursday night these Thursday nights they are not becoming fun to try to predict game that we have in the bag all the way to the very end, Oakland, Kansas City, somehow falls completely apart on the very last play. You know, and it, These things are going to happen sometimes. The, the Chiefs felt like the better team for the entirety of the game. We saw a little bit of that Andy Reid conservatism there in the last five minutes or so, allows the Raiders enough time to go down the field. Then you see the defense playing not to lose. Never wins for you. And you try, if you play not to lose, you will usually lose. So we start to see Derek Carr do a lot of underneath stuff, gets them down the field, get a wild finish. We have offensive pass interference on Michael Crabtree. Derek Carr goes back to him for the game-winning touchdown, and all of that spells out to a 31-30 defeat for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Andre and I both get hung with the L. Still waiting for Andre to get back on the show here. We are live. You can call in if you'd like. Someone you Might as well have somebody else on the show tonight. Phone number is area code 646-595-4534. This, this would be the perfect spot for me to jump on and say, Yeah, oh, Houston, you're live. That's not happening right now. So we are looking at some some interesting games here this week. Andre and I have been going back and forth texting each other trying to figure out the, the perfect places to start when we talk about the highlight games this week. So we'll get him here on the show here hopefully soon and get him at least to call in. Get something going on here. Um, big news in the game was the Marshawn Lynch running out onto the field after the Marcus Peters hit on Derek Carr. That created that created at least enough for the media to talk about for a day. Uh, it's stupid. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to come running in off the sideline, even if it is to protect your quarterback. And then you're definitely not supposed to shove an official. Uh it looked like you pushed him and then his you couldn't tell if he was grabbing him or if his finger kind of got caught on the guy. The replay, of course, you slow anything down, but it's gonna look terrible. But all that culminates in him getting a one game suspension not sure that hurts Oakland. They played better without him. Uh, Deandre Washington, Jalen Richard did, did, Yeoman's work in the comeback. So that was all about Derek Carr getting the ball downfield. Amari Cooper, uh, most of about, about as many yards in that game as he'd had up to the season to that point. He was, he was trying to become the ghost player in the NFL this year. That was quite the thing to see. Um, Derek Carr finally getting back on track and pretty quick bouncing back from that from that injury with the broken back. And uh, Dre, I've been talking about the Kansas City Chiefs-Oakland game, of course, the bad beat bus. We both got to drive this week. You know, we both handed the wheel over to each other right at the very end there and drove that thing right off the cliff. You're live.
0: Hello. You're live. Oh, good. You can You're hear here.
1: me. I can hear you. We're doing it live.
0: We're doing it live. Yeah, you. Uh, I, I came in when you were talking about Derek Carr recovering from, uh, from injury and looking a lot better in this game, and that was definitely the key to the game um, as far as I saw because the Chiefs played like I thought they would, and Oakland played a lot better than I thought they would because Derek Carr is actually upright and looking a lot stronger than he did that first game that he came back. So I think what the, the situation was, was he simply had to sort of work out the kinks and get over the hesitation of sort of letting it all go uh, that apparently he had in his first game back against the Ravens. And he looked like a totally different man in this game. He was making all the throws that he had to make. He, he kept them in that game in order to make that comeback at the end. Um that was pretty much the whole key was Derek Carr being able to perform like Derek Carr is supposed to perform.
1: Yeah. Uh, I talked briefly about the Marshawn Lynch incident. Uh, any thoughts on that?
0: You can't push the motherfucking referee, dude. You can't uh, just. But,
1: yeah. Good call. I, I thought he was going to get two Thank games. You. He only got one, um, you know, I guess if they would have given him two games, he would have taken it to court because that's what you do now if you get a suspension that you think is too long.
0: Exactly. You you right can't do that to me. I'm I'm Marshawn Lynch, damn it. Um, and yeah, and if you give somebody
1: a two-game suspension, they automatically appeal it, and then they negotiate it down to one game. So apparently, you better you're better off just giving somebody a one-game suspension because they're not going to appeal that and negotiate that down to a half. I'd like to see that though.
0: <laughs> That's a college suspension. You get suspended for the first
1: three plays yeah. of
0: a game, or the first half of a game, depending on what your college coach is feeling that day.
1: Although losing Marshawn Lynch uh, right around halftime there didn't seem to hurt the Raiders too much. Jalen Rashard, DeAndre Washington did 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 okay.
0: Yeah, they've been uh, they they were the sort of change of pace backs for Latavius Murray the last couple of years, and they have some. some games where they have bursts and you you can sort of see the the power that uh that washington has he's got some speed but it's a little more power and richard is like the be back the real the real change of pace guy is Jalen richard because he's got a, a nice burst when he gets through a hole he really can turn on some speed so yeah they're gonna have uh those two guys for the next game that lynch um it's going to miss because of suspension. And that's not that big of a drop-off because Lynch hasn't been beast mode this year. Uh, This comeback from retirement has been underwhelming, to say the least. So they're not going to miss him uh, too much. Um, So what do you think about that uh, sequence to end the thing? That that was about the wildest sequence I've seen in a long time.
1: I think the thing that I was the most stunned by was that we saw a couple of times in this game and then right at the very end i never thought you would see even a blatant offensive pass interference called actually flagged and called with at that critical juncture in a game now it was obvious i mean it was oh yeah I mean, michael crabtree ran up to the defender and pretty much pushed him out of the back of the end zone but how many times do we see that not called all the time all the time so I don't look necessarily think of it as the final sequence being what kind of cost us the beat. I mean, yes, that's where they scored the touchdown that beat us. But as, you know, Aaron out the ball and balls out as the Kansas City Chiefs offense was in that game, they got a little Lindy Infante, a little, little conservative. That That's an old Packers reference for people who don't get that. Uh, Packers and Colts. You really um, got
0: to be of a certain age to remember Lindy yes. and Fonte.
1: But uh, that was always the knock on him as a as a coach was that he'd run out to the big leads and then just get super conservative Andy Reid got a little Andy Reid Philadelphia Andy Reid coming out of him there towards the end especially after about that five minute mark um when they could have really just put the put the Raiders away and they let them they let them hang around and you don't let a team that's got 24 hung on you hang around in their own building and give them that much time to go down and, and score the game winning touchdown so I thought a little a little conservative there by, you know, it's, it's great if you want to trust your defense, but their defense hadn't been playing all that great. <laughs> so that was the point where you need to go and have the offense go win the game for you. You know, Alex Smith's playing seven games in he's playing MVP caliber football right now. I mean, that's, I know that's blasphemy for me to be saying that, but if you got to pick an MVP through these first seven games, Alex Smith's probably at the top of your list, isn't he?
0: Sure.
1: And, uh
0: on this game on this night as well against oakland as good as Derek carr was playing alex smith was yeah. to me through the first three yeah. quarters and yeah they probably should have trusted him a little more uh, to put that game away and i give the, the raiders credit you you look up and the chiefs are trying to have that last drive to put it away right before oakland gets the last possession and look at, here here comes kalio mack around the corner to to put alex yeah. smith down so they did what they're supposed to do. The Chiefs were trying to put it away, and Khalil Mack took over as he is wont to do and gave uh, Derek Carr that final possession, that crazy final possession. So, you know, and That's
1: very reminiscent a- of the way the Raiders were winning games last year. Yeah. Giving it up, giving it up, giving it up, and then just, hey, Khalil Mack got a sack. Let's go win the game, guys. That's the way they did it last year.
0: And Amari Cooper playing like he did last year, major, major factor as well. What a game for him finally coming uh, coming through this year. He had not done anything close to that all season long. So I'm saying that if he's back on track and Derek Carr is feeling good again, then you're coming to Raiders once again as, as possible contenders.
1: And And when was the last time you can remember seeing one team involved in basically identical plays back-to-back weeks, with the Chiefs, with the tipped ball landing gently in the receiver's yeah. hands for the receiver to run into the end zone, it brought back visions of that. And you'll remember this because this was one of your bad beats. But uh, I was—I went back in the history books to look up the Week One game of the 2009 season between the Bengals and the Broncos.
0: Yeah, the Kylo brand, and brand,
1: the 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 Brandon Stokely up the yeah. sideline. Uh, bad beat that I hung on you because you thought I was absolutely insane for taking the Cincinnati Bengals in that game. Uh, And that ended up being a Bengals victory, I believe, and cover all on that one play. And, and, and but that's how rare you see stuff like that, where the ball just perfectly gets tipped into the air. The receiver somehow gets behind the defense off of the tip, which should have been a pick and then runs into the end zone. We've seen it we've seen it in back-to-back weeks, one for and one against the Chiefs. That's amazing.
0: Deep middle shot uh, right over Keith McGill's uh, head, right off his hands and into Albert Wilson's arms for an incredible touchdown. Even when the Raiders' defensive backs make a play, they don't make a play. <laughs>
1: yes. And, and, and I will say, seven weeks in, I'm still not sick of Tony Romo yet. I'm still enjoying his shtick.
0: I'm edging towards getting a little cigarette because there's Uh a real fine line. Well, you know, it's a very fine line between being enthusiastic and knowledgeable and being a little annoying. And he's, Edging towards he's really walking the line right now for me because it's getting a little. You, he sounds like he's salivating up there. He's so excited. Uh, he wants to play. The smallest little well, detail. I think that's
1: what it is. I think he wants to play. When a running back, I,
0: <laughs> he still wants to play, right? Yeah, he, he still wants to play. Thinks he should should still be out there. God, when the running back like shifts to the to the to the left two steps. Before the snap, he, oh, oh, look at that. I know exactly what's about to happen. They're about to pitch it to the left, and he's gonna. Buy. Okay, okay, Tony, we got it. I, right. I, I understand
1: you. You see what play is coming? But, but it then they do it.
0: Yeah, they. Yeah,
1: he's sort of he's sort of wow. getting into Steve Stone territory, but like hyper enthusiastic. Right. People who don't realize. Stone, people um, who don't realize Steve Stone is like a baseball savant, um, like one of those. Chicago treasures um that doesn't get that that's for some reason never really got the national run but he's it, you know clearly he, he's you know and obviously we're biased growing up in Chicago and watching him for all these years with both the Cubs and the White Sox but he's probably the smartest most knowledgeable you know color guy i said color not colored color guy careful watch the baseball <laughs>
0: No, you're right. Stone's been calling pitch sequences since 1984. Uh, but R- Romo is Stone on crack cocaine. I mean, dude, it just take it down. <laughs> just dial it down a notch. That's all I'm asking. You're so okay. excited when you see something yeah. developing. It's, ah, it's so yeah. annoying.
1: Yeah, it's like <sighs> Steve Stone is Rain Man, and Tony Romo, Tony Romo was like making it Rain Man. <laughs>
0: <sighs> yeah I was just as stunned as you were about that last sequence about the referees actually taking the hankies out of their pockets yeah. and throwing the flags because they were absolutely obvious right right there for you holding or pass interference calls on the Chiefs and not only were they obvious but I would argue you kind of should coach them to do that because it's so rare that the referees call you on it when it's the end of the game when the game is literally on the line right there, like it is. Fuck yeah, I'm not holding it, and it you know, instead of letting them just catch it and it's going to touchdown I me. Mean, the only reason Crabtree was able to break open and get the touchdown to win is because they ran a, a you know a rollout and sort of a strange route a little bit. If it was another straight up route where he just running to the end zone and turning around and hoping the ball's going to be there. They were going to hold him again. And we're going to have a third untimed down, but yeah. only because they were able to, to move the pocket a little bit, were they able to get that done. But yeah, I'm I'm absolutely okay with, with the chiefs holding and committing interference and doing that because they never call that. Uh, but at the same time, I'm okay with the refs calling it because it was clearly obvious.
1: Yeah. So uh, are you are you on the phone, or you do are you on the computer? Or may, do you...
0: I'm on the computer.
1: Okay, so you're in the studio. I, I... Okay. Minute, I called
0: in, in the, the, the guest line. That's right.
1: Okay. All the right. Well, I, I'll, see I'll you. Start, I'll, I had to I'll,
0: call it myself.
1: We didn't, we didn't quite get our highlight games all settled up because you weren't able to get in. I was sitting there for like five minutes mm-hmm. waiting for you to get in there. I'm like, okay, I, I think I know where this is going again. Um, no, you,
0: yeah, you you saw me dial you in, so you're in, and then you hear nothing, so you probably like, oh, no, yeah. oh, no,
1: because yeah, I was so saying, you hey, in there, so,
0: and I was talking to you, right, but you so were I,
1: hearing nothing. So at that point, I jumped off the the guest line and went right to the studio and just did the direct connect so I could start the show. Um,
0: right, which surprised me because I thought I was on the direct connect, and I was doing the show, and then I hear you start, and I'm going, oh, I'll be on <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, when I when I came back, I was the only one in there. So, mm-hmm. We got lucky. So, I will uh turn it over to you and let you figure we we've got some highlight games we can do here. Another nice short week with some bye weeks, but we'll we'll try to we'll, we'll get them all in tonight. Obviously. We'll we'll do a we'll do three picks in 90 seconds, but we'll get them all in tonight.
0: of course. Uh 14 games left for the week. There's only two teams on bye this week, the Lions and the Texans um we i think had uh, decided through text on two of the highlight games and we we're debating the third and i think we were debating between the Bengals steelers and the cardinals rams i think yeah. that's what we were debating i believe we were and, uh did you have a strong opinion on either one of those
1: i'd be more likely to go cardinals rams <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. Bengals, Bengals are shite. <laughs>
0: we will absolutely do that. All right. So that's our. We got our three highlight games. Uh, we're going to be ready to go after I let everybody know that you're listening live on BlogTalkRadio.com/slash in much less detail to listen as a podcast where you get this one hour live show that goes to eleven tonight. And the after show that we do after the live portion is over, you can get to this live show page and look at our archives, or you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, or any number of Android mobile apps, or any number of podcasting websites where we may or may not be there. Just search for, in much less detail, the podcast, and if we're there, subscribe, and when our show is complete, you will get the entire show in its entirety. You can communicate with the show via Twitter. I'm at Dre, Jason's at IMLDJTG. You can send the show an email. You can send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. And our picks are going to be up on the blog after we're done here. And the blog site is InMuchLessDetail.blogspot.com. 14 more to go for Week 7 in the NFL. And our three highlight games will start with the Cardinals and the Rams. We're going to start over in Bloody England, good old London, England, another England game. This one is a uh, 1 o'clock Eastern start, noon Central, but it is a a London game over at the the, the rugby stadium or the soccer stadium over in Twickenham, England. Uh, So, what, 12 Central, 1 Eastern. Is is this time, so is it going to be 7 p.m. over there in, in, in England?
1: Yeah, it's I basically a prime time game over there in England. I think I like this better than those nine thirty starts.
0: A special Sunday afternoon edition of Sunday night football in, in Yeah, thank God
1: this isn't on NFL Network, and it would be the special Sunday morning edition of <laughs> Thursday night football. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep the brand. Oh Gotta my God! The
0: is that the most irritating protect the shield the world. always protect the shield the cardinals are three and three they are possibly rejuvenated by adrian peterson the rams are four and two they've got jared goff playing much better this season it's basically uh it's it's a it's an alphabet soup it's the aarp versus nkotb bowl as far as i'm concerned it's all the old retired cardinals against the new kids on the block all the young rams including their 13 year old coach sean mcveigh uh over in england on the neutral site the rams are considered the home team but i don't think that matters for the spread but they just happen to be getting the cop out line so arizona plus three at the la rams in england jason who you got
1: yeah, I like the way you put this because we talked about this a little bit last week about the age of those triplets with Palmer, Fitzgerald, and Adrian Peterson now. Um, they, they are clearly going retirement home look here for us. Yeah, AAR. Get off my lawn. lawn! Yeah, this could be the get off my lawn bowl. But I, I, I like this sort of new look pan, uh, Cardinals team with Adrian Peterson back there. One thing that we know about the Rams, they don't stop the run that's their big weakness they get after the quarterback they're they're okay on the back end and jared goff has been a revelation after his terrible 2016 you know you 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 gave him uh believe you had him as the absolute worst rookie of the year i think i did too i mean he was terrible i mean there's no other way you can put it the the, the throws that he was missing wide open guys it just, it wasn't clicking for him at all. And this year has been the complete, the complete opposite. This Rams team is at least early on here looking you know legitimate. Like they could hang around for a while, but I, I do like um, what I saw last week against Detroit from the Arizona Cardinals with this, with this, with Adrian Peterson. It's almost like he's the perfect fit for that team. And he was getting tough yards. He looked strong. I mean, obviously he's fresh. I mean, didn't do anything for the first you know month and a half of the season in, in New Orleans. So it's not like he's tired. So he's clearly rested. Uh, Arizona's offensive line is decent. Nobody, you know, Carson Palmer's old, but he's usually not back there just getting annihilated. I mean, we've seen some quarterbacks that are under duress all the time. Carson Palmer is not one of them. We know he likes to throw the picks, but he's not back there just getting destroyed. So, plays right into his hands if Adrian Peterson's able to get off against the not-so-stingy Rams defense because then Carson Palmer can get to what he likes to do, which is the play fakes and the deep play action stuff. Get those receivers, even though, again, a little aging, not the biggest explosive playmakers on that offense, but when you have the threat of a decent running game, guys get space. This is sort of the anti-Lions offense where Matthew Stafford never has his guys open because Detroit has an absolute piece of shit. No, no running game at all. Just terrible. And so the receivers can't get separation. So I, I like what the Cardinals are doing here. I think they, they – oh, I feel like that win last week might be priming them for a little bit of a run here in a fairly wide-open division. And I think the health of those three main old guys – the longest, the, the more they can sort of squeeze out of them, and I know we're, you know, we might be trying to get blood from a turnip here with those guys for you know trying to squeeze out usefulness here at the end of their careers. But as long as they can keep it going with those three, I think they're primed for a decent run here. I'm going to take the Cardinals straight up. I take the Cardinals to win.
0: Uh, congratulations to the Houston Astros who have come back from down three yes. two to clinch the American League, and it's going to be the. Dodgers-Astros in the World Series, which is very strange to say, especially for old guys like us that are used to the Astros being a National League team just like the Dodgers, but that's yeah. a bygone era. Right. You and, for on, their time I, in the,
1: and for most of their time in the American League, just being a joke.
0: Right. Uh, but building up the right way, as we have talked about many times. Uh, you touched on the what I think is going to be the key battle, which is which defense is going to be able to pressure the opposing quarterback uh, more consistently throughout the game over there in England. And that's a tough call because Aaron Donald and the Rams can get after anybody and Chandler Jones and the Cardinals can get after anybody. Uh, I, I have talked about how much the Cardinals have missed Calais Campbell. Can you imagine if Chandler Jones and Calais Campbell were playing the way they're playing right now on the same team, on the same defensive line? Good grief. Uh, But Chandler Jones has been no joke himself this year. So uh, that's probably going to be what it comes down to. And I I think uh, this is Jared Goff's third tough secondary that he's going to face in a row after Seattle and Jacksonville. That Great start that golf got off to. The first couple games of the season were against uh, not so stellar opponents. I'm thinking certainly about that Colts outfit on uh, week one that that golf lit up. Uh, but Seattle uh, and Jacksonville definitely two upgrades in defense. Uh, mixed bag. 288 yards against the Seahawks for for Jared Goff. Uh, not bad at all, obviously. 124 yards last week against Jacksonville. Just could not get it going uh, in the air. But uh, I I think it's going to come down to the experience factor in in this type of spot. I think uh, Carson Palmer, as much as he likes to throw it up for the other team, and we joke about him all the time, um, this one over in England with the rejuvenated running game uh, with Adrian Peterson, I'll go with you and, and trust the Cardinals to sort of have the veteran presence to get over any kind of jitters and any kind of pressure that's going to be put on by the other defense. I'm going to trust the Cardinals to come out with the win over Jared Goff and the Rams. Yeah, they're, they're still up there as far as production in the passing game. They're still averaging 8.2 yards per pass attempt, but this is still relatively new. Success in the pass game for the Rams, whether it's L.A. or St. Louis, uh, that's still something that I don't think you should really count on, having that continue under all circumstances, uh, and this one is a, is a tough one against Arizona and all those different blitzes that, uh, that they like to dial up. Bruce Arians will have the Cardinals ready uh, to get after Jared Goff, and, and I will trust you and take the Redbirds.
1: All right. I don't have anything else to add to that one
0: we will then move on to our second highlight game which is the baltimore ravens and the minnesota vikings baltimore at three and three desperate to find some sort of consistency behind their franchise quarterback joe flacco the vikings at four and two uh they haven't exactly been consistent they've been up and down as well uh, and it's very hard to be consistent when you don't know if your starting quarterback is going to step in there from one week to the next With uh, a third quarterback lurking and looming on the injured reserve, practicing and possibly ready to throw his hat into the ring sometime soon, that being Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, But for this week, for tomorrow's game, it's going to be Case Keenum once again under center for the Vikings as Sam Bradford takes another week off. Uh, Again, Keenum will not have his best receivers to find Diggs, but Adam Thielen did his best to find Diggs' impersonation last week, and the Vikings. Uh, had much success against the Green Bay Packers, especially after knocking Aaron Rodgers out of the game. Uh, So this one with Baltimore and Flacco, the Ravens have their own injuries as well. Jeremy Macklin has a a shoulder issue. Mike Wallace hasn't practiced all week. Flacco's already having problems uh, throwing the balls. If he's got beat up receivers, that's not going to help at all. And Terrence West, running back, will once again miss this game. Uh, the Ravens are five point underdogs going up to the Vikings. The Vikings and that tough defense, uh, as I talked about last week, that that's no joke, especially at home. And I, I really should have given them more credit and maybe picked them to beat the Packers before the Aaron Rodgers injury. We both should have, but you know, hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty. But Minnesota's defense should get all the respect uh, that it can possibly get. They have been very, very Impressive, very stout uh, under Mike Zimmer. Even without, even with the little mutiny that they had last year, the, the miscommunication, uh, Xavier Rhodes and, and those guys, uh, it seems like they've gotten over all of that. I, I I picked the Vikings to miss the playoffs this year because I thought that would sort of linger, and I took that uh, the 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 spat last year as a sign that Zimmer uh, Zimmer didn't have as much control or as much discipline over his team as he seemed like he did but it looks like it's it's back water under bridge uh, everyone's playing hard to get everyone's playing for each other playing for their coach so things are once again looking good uh, in Minnesota it feels like any Vikings offense right now with Bradford on the shelf and Keenum under center is predicated on one thing it, it looks like the Vikings are – it's pretty clear how you're going to stop the Vikings or how you're going to get beat by the Vikings to me. If you're weak up the middle and you let Jarek McKinnon run inside on you, you're done because that draws the rest of the defense in to try to play the run and try to shore that up, leaves the receivers and Stefan Diggs being heard. That, so the, that role got filled by Thielen moving over and, and being the big play guy for him. And then moving over into Thielen's role as the possession guy, keeping the chains moving, was the tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, if you have to draw everybody down to, to try to stop the run, that opens up Thielen and Rudolph. And, and it looks like the Vikings have a really good thing going, that, that if you can't stop the run, they, they've got the weapons to take advantage of that on the outside. And unfortunately for the Ravens, they're not very good inside. Uh they, this is not the, the olden days. Haloti Nada is long gone. Uh, Terrell Suggs isn't quite Terrell Suggs anymore. And they're they're kind of soft in the middle right now. So I think the Vikings are going to take advantage of that. And I think Jerry McKinnon might have another big day running the ball. And I'm going to take the Vikings and I'm going to give the five points. I, I can't tr- I can't trust Joe Flacco right now. I don't know what you're going to get out of him from, from one game to the next. Uh, and, and I don't like the idea of, of Minnesota possibly getting a, a lead with that defense in that home stadium and Flacco having to lead a comeback as is, is unpredictable and unreliable as he's been this season. No way. I will absolutely take Minnesota and give it a five.
1: Ah, but it's that unpredictability and unreliability that makes me exactly want to take the Baltimore Ravens and those five points in this spot. This would just be, so Ravens of this Ravens team to go to Minnesota after what they just did to Aaron Rodgers and, you know, giving them that knockout punch to the Packers. Wouldn't this just be the spot for a Ravens team that, you know, we can't quite figure out. We don't know what to make of them. They're, they're pretty big underdog here on the road to just go up to Minnesota and at least hang tight with this Vikings team. I feel like this could be a low scoring game. Um, I, I don't like, you know, the fact that the Vikings are now, you know, they, I think they get a incomplete grade for the game last week because you knocked out Aaron Rodgers in the first quarter and pretty much you could have turned off the TV at that point. You knew the game was over. You know, what they did, I mean, yeah, they, they picked off Brett Hundley a few times, but you know, Brett Hundley wasn't completely ineffective in the game. It wasn't just, you know, that the Vikings defense just smothered them and, and ran away you're playing against a guy who was thrust into a position. He had no clue. So any, I think they were going to look good no matter what. So the Vikings offense is still where I have all my question marks, especially without Stefan digs. Um, you know, they lost. Oh boy. The running back. He's, he's, he's already gone. And I forgot his name. It's just, This is how it is. I don't you know that you know, Yeah. It's Alvin Delvin Cook, you know, look, he was a revelation early on, and now he's gone. We all know, we, we know what we're getting with Jarek McKinnon. We've seen this before with him and Matt Asiata, and or, or you know, what that offense can look like. That offense isn't going to move through the air quite the same way with Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph, and uh, you know, Laquan Shredwell out there being a another non-factor. You know, you know, he's turned out to be a fairly decent-sized bust. Uh, for his, for his high draft status so far. So I don't trust the Vikings one hundred percent either, although unlike you, I actually did have the Vikings in the playoffs. I had them winning the division. That looks a lot more likely now. I think we'd both agree. But I oh, think yeah. that this is a spot. I think this is a spot where the ultimate Heckle and Jade team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, who've been doing this to us for a decade, you know, th- this is just what they do. You, you, this, they are the most impossible team to read from a week-to-week basis, even when they were good, because the Ravens looked amazing, and then they'd just go out and lose in the worst possible way, in the, in the worst possible spot, then they'd bounce back from that. It, this is the perfect spot for the Ravens to just frustrate the hell out of us. I will take the points um, and, and have the Ravens to hang tough here with the Vikings. All right.
0: This is the main event of the weekend. This is one of the big main events of the season. It's the Super Bowl rematch between the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. Every amateur comedian on social media get your best 28 to three jokes out there because they've been doing it for the whole week now. And all the talk and all the hype is, is over. They're gonna get it on tomorrow night on national television. And it should do a huge, huge number. And I certainly plan to be one of those people watching this one. The Falcons are three and two. They started three and zero. They weren't all that impressive in the three and zero start, so not too surprising, I guess, that they've racked up a couple of losses. Now they have to regroup and go visit the four and two New England Patriots. They have to go see the champs in Foxborough, but the champs have not been playing like the champs either. We all have talked about and dissected that. Awful, awful defense that the that the uh, Patriots have been displaying so far this year. So two teams, the two best last year, but definitely showing a lot of flaws so far this year. Your know, cop out line Falcons plus three at Patriots. This should be an interesting one. Jason, what's your pick?
1: Yeah, the Patriots have already lost two games at home here. But let's take a look at those two teams that beat them at home. The Chiefs and the Texans. Two of the best teams in the AFC right now, I think it's safe to say. And that was a tech, that was Not a uh, sorry, a Chiefs. That was a Chiefs team that had Eric Barry, at least for that game. Um, you know, it's been a little different story for them so far. But we know what we're gonna get from the Patriots this season. They are getting absolutely brutally gashed through the air. I mean, Jake McCrown went for three hundred <laughs> plus last week against them. So come on, I mean, so if if Matt Ryan and the Falcons can't put 450 yards of passing offense up on this Patriots defense, they're not trying. In fact, if the Falcons even run the ball in this game, they're not trying. This just this just needs to be shred that defense. Unless you know, maybe the Patriots figured out something last week with this zone scheme. Um, You'd like to think that. All those weapons that Atlanta has, you know, running backs flaring out of the backfield, Julio Jones, Sanu, Hooper, that they're going to be able to move the ball up and down the field. I look for a huge offensive game from the Falcons, but I still don't think they're going to win the game. i I, I don't know. I mean, for a team that's basically two heartbeats away from being one and four it's possible now even though you know we looked at them at 3 and 0 and we were thinking that, okay maybe they they turned this thing around but the, the two last bad losses that they've had um, something you know it, you you don't come back from what they came back from what they went through you don't come back from that hole and going into this spot we we'll find out what the medal of this team is in there if they go in there and they lay it on the the the, the patriots well they showed me But I I just think this is going to be too much for them to overtake uh, the Patriots. I think that the Patriots will win. I think they will cover. I I thought the line was going to be somewhere in the 6-8 to range. Yes, I know the Patriots' defense has been brutal. But I was expecting a lot more psychological edge here. The the 3-line, to me, almost felt like a gift. So I'll take the Patriots and and give the 3 here. Although I do expect Atlanta's offense to wake up. Because everybody's offense wakes up against the Patriots
0: indeed uh yeah muhammad sanu will be uh, active for this game tomorrow he missed the last game uh defense hasn't been bad enough uh once again will not have who's supposed to be their big acquisition at cornerback stefan gilmore uh and eric Rowe. another cornerback will be missing so they're hemorrhaging guys right now at the one position they could probably least afford to look this looks simple to me this is i I don't know I, I i probably should be very scared that this looks like a very simple breakdown to me but i'm gonna give it anyway so here it goes i said last year that the patriots were uniquely motivated to win the super bowl they had all year and the year before the motivation to get back to the super bowl to win the title to shove it up roger goodell's ass i don't know if there's ever been a team quite as motivated as the Patriots were, to get to the Super Bowl and win it last year to show Roger Goodell where he can stick that trophy, basically. If any team in any game this regular season would be as uniquely motivated as the Patriots were last year, shouldn't it be the Falcons to be uniquely motivated to avenge the biggest comeback victory in the history of the Super Bowl, I would think the Falcons, whatever problems they've had this season, and yes, they've been on the verge of losing a couple of those close games that they won, and and no, Matty Ice in the passing game isn't quite the same as it was last year under Kyle Shanahan. I don't know anyone who thought it would be, though. Uh, but for all of their issues, wouldn't you think this is the game that they're just ready to go, that they're just looking at each other like, all right, you know what to do. You know what to do, Julio. You know what to do. Uh, the media was asking Dan Quinn, the Falcons coach, this week, have you been using Julio Jones enough? And he flat answered no. You hardly ever hear a head coach oh. say right out, oh,
1: boy. Yeah.
0: Right out like there a in the
1: 300, open. 300-yard game for Julio uh-huh. Jones.
0: Uh-huh. That's what it feels like to me that offense against the, and especially against this Patriots defense, the way they've been playing this year, the worst pass defense in the league going against what last year was the best passing offense. One of the best of all time. It, it just seems too obvious to me. It just, it's just, I, I, I got to do it. I got to do it. I, I got the dirty wow. birds and I'm locking it up. I don't, I think they're going to go beat the mess out of the Patriots and try to get a small measure of revenge for what happened in the Super Bowl last year. To me, this seems easy.
1: Well, that would be something, wouldn't it? I mean, I'd love to see it, but I just don't see it happening. I think that the, mentally, you'll find, we'll find out what that team is made of. If they go in, like I said, if they go in there and they lay it on the Patriots. Maybe they, the hangover has been that they've just been waiting for this game.
0: Yeah, that might be. They, they just
1: you know they got sort their nothing. time. Yeah, seventeen nothing at halftime last week against the Dolphins. They're probably already thinking about New England.
0: <laughs> right.
1: We're gonna go get those
0: motherfuckers. <laughs> I think if any team should be that motivated this year, it would be this team in this game against that team. Okay. On to the rest of Week Seven in the NFL and. Even more or less, de- starting with Brett Hundley and the Green Bay Packers. Good luck, kid. The 4-2 Packers now without Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the year with their new quarterback, Brett Hundley, under center, hosting the 3-2 and two New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees. I wonder what the spread would have been if Aaron Rodgers was active. But instead, the Saints are the favorites. New Orleans gives four points at Green Bay. Well,
1: this would have been Packers minus seven probably easily, you know, Aaron Rodgers against that historically bad uh, Saints defense over the last few years. But Brett Hundley had to go in last week and play against the Vikings. We broke this down quite a bit in the recap show last week. This is a much softer landing at home. I think that the Packers will be able to run. They'll be able to slow this thing down. That The Saints on the road, on grass, nowhere near as explosive I like the Packers as the underdogs here to beat the Saints this week. I'm going to take the Packers and the four points.
0: Yeah, we did talk a lot about it. Um, And I said that it's the Saints playmaking defense, which lets up a lot of plays as well. Uh, Played against the first time starting QB, the understudy for the Packers. And and I also considered uh, Hunley having a week to prepare and having a much softer defense to play against i'm, I'm going to wind up taking new orleans and giving four because i think this is the type of defense the sort of playmaking devil may care balls out type of defense uh the Hundley may have some nice spots against them but ultimately i think they're going to make the play someone's going to run uh underneath a, a ball that he didn't get out the way he's supposed to uh and, and go for a pick six to the house the other way and i think that might be their downfall the Titans play the Browns. The Tennessee Titans at three and three, and the Cleveland Browns at zero and six. And will the Browns get a win this year? Is pretty much the only question left for that team because there's nothing really. Uh, are they? They're back to Deshaun Kaiser. What? What the hell yeah. are they doing? They They just benched him last week, and now they're,
1: they're, they, they're back to starting. They games? saw enough. They saw enough out <laughs> of Hogan. I think we all saw enough out of Hogan.
0: Uh, Okay. Um, the Titans are five and a half point favorites going into Cleveland.
1: Yeah. DeMarco Murray's banged up. You know, he's 50 50. He might play. Uh, this feels like a letdown spot for me for the Titans. I'm actually going to take Cleveland here in the points to play tough. Uh, not quite sure that they're going to get their first win. I'd be really let down if the Titans lost to an 0 6 team. But this feels like one of those where Kaiser comes back, maybe he's a little bit refocused, maybe we get a little bit more of that effort from him like we got back in week one versus what we were getting those previous few weeks. Maybe the week off was good for him. Uh, I'm going to take Cleveland in the points here, just on a hunch. Not, they, they can't lose every game in blowout fashion all year long. Uh, if anything, they won't throw two pick sixes. <laughs> I hope.
0: Uh, you right. There's no guarantees. Uh, Jay's got the Browns favor this week. I I can't do it. I I think this is a nice soft bounce back spot for Marcus Mariota and his Hammy. He doesn't have to run around too much, and uh, hopefully he can pull out a win like he did on Monday night, all hobbled. And this will be this is a nice a nice spot for him to have another game where he sort of has to play fifty percent instead of the hundred percent that he can play. Uh, th- that should be enough. That should be enough to beat Cleveland by five and a half. I can absolutely see that happening, even with all the injuries that the Titans have right now. Uh, Jacksonville and Indianapolis, the Jags at three and three. Of the, the heckle and jide team of the year. Can we, re- can we award that now? Can we retire it for this year? Because this team, I don't know what the hell this, these guys are going to do from one week to the next. Uh, and the Colts uh, oh, at yeah. home at two and four. Uh, Jags are the favorites. Uh, Jacksonville gives three points at Indianapolis. Although, I don't know what you were reading, but the last I read, uh, Leonard Fournette has not been practicing all week, and I have no idea if he's going to play.
1: Yeah, and that, that would be unfortunate if he if he didn't play because he's pretty much their offense. If that falls on Blake Bortles, I'm not going contingency here, but I had the Colts anyway, so I'm going to take the Colts. I, 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 there's some fight in that team. Jake Brisket's been doing an admirable job. He's not great, but he's been, he's been doing enough. He had that team with a big lead last week against the Titans had that as a 22, 22 game until it got away. I want to say in the fourth quarter Titans get a couple of late touchdowns to make that game look a little more lopsided than it really was. I like the Colts to, to get a sneaky win here and the Jags, other than that, Five pick Roethlisberger game have really been heckled and jide, especially with those home road splits.
0: Yeah, I don't know how they score if uh, if Fournette isn't out there. Yeah. And like I said, he hasn't practiced all week. I, I know he's a, a rookie and a stud, and he might go out there and play, even though he hasn't practiced all week. But I'm not aware of really anyone except for like the all time all time guys, like a, a Jerry Rice or a, a Terrell Owens yeah. or something like that, playing after not practicing all week. So I'm actually. It, with with no news at all i'm not breaking anything I, on my hunch i'm guessing for that doesn't play tomorrow uh, and if he doesn't uh i think it makes it a lot easier to go with indy i'm also going to not make it a contingency like you i'm going to sort of trust uh jack brisket at home uh at, like you said the colts have been competing uh, this alphabet soup uh kind of worries me that aj versus ty if aj Boye can shut down ty hilton it makes things a lot harder for the Colts, but I'm actually going to go on the running game. I think Marlon Mack's sort of been lurking, trying to take uh, uh, Frank Gore's job. Frank Gore's not been very uh, good this year. He's about ready to retire, and I think uh, the Colts actually run the ball a lot and and beat the Jaguars on the ground tomorrow, if Fournette doesn't play, of course. Uh, The Dolphins and the Jets, one of three games that are – rematches already this season of games that already happened in week three uh the jets uh, at home knocked off the dolphins 20 to 6 uh first win of the year for the jets at that point uh started their three-game win streak uh the jets are cop-out line three-point underdogs in this one three and three jets at the three and two miami dolphins
1: at some point here adam Gase has got to let Jake Cutler try to air the ball out down the field. I mean, he's got a reasonably good offensive line. 5.2 yards per attempt? That's <laughs> not going to get it done. I'll take the Jets here in a game that probably is going to look very similar to that first one. Uh,
0: I. Uh, there's a lot that happened in that game that bodes badly for the Dolphins. Uh, Jake McCrown went for 249 yards. Jay Ajayi only rushed for 16 yards. The Dolphins' leading A receiver in that game was Devontae Park, who looks like he's not going to play again tomorrow. Basically, I'm going to take Miami because you know how I love my narratives and you know how I love my storylines. I said I I was on top of this win. I picked the Jets to beat the Dolphins and get their first win, and it started that three-game win streak. And I said the Jets were going to get to that Patriots game and treat it like it was their Super Bowl. They were going to be all jacked up and ready to go, and that's exactly what they did, came up short now the tank begins now the jets start doing what they're supposed to do which is sucking out loud and tanking the rest of the season and i'm going to go with the dolphins for that reason the jets start their tank job officially tomorrow the other florida team one of three florida teams tampa bay they are not in florida they are up in buffalo the two and three buccaneers with james winston who's Got a shoulder issue. Uh, I think he's going to play, but he may not be anywhere near one hundred percent. But the Bucks are cop-out line three-point underdogs at the three and two
1: Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I don't like the not one hundred percent Jameis Winston against that stingy Bills secondary. It, you're gonna have to be pretty accurate if you're gonna score on that team through the air. Uh, I don't like the fact that he's nicked up. I don't like the fact if it goes to the backup because you know uh, that's uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he just loves to – he's a turnover machine. He's turnover Bernie Sanders. We see – so once you pick your poison here, I'll take the Bills.
0: In addition to all of that, I'm thinking about Jameis against the Patriots against that zone defense on primetime that the whole world got to see him struggle in in that spot. This is a much, much better
1: zone. Decision-making. I think that was what the problem was. Bad decision-making.
0: Not his strong suit uh I, I will also take the bills yeah. and give the three points i'm not taking every team that came off a bye like i did last week i'm not going down that road again <laughs> uh, but, but the bills are fresher they did just come off the bye last week, and, and maybe that's what uh, shady mccoy needed to sort of get him going tomorrow carolina and chicago cam newton uh now is not going to talk to anybody he's going to take his ball and go home he didn't talk at all this week instead of opening his mouth and and putting his foot in it again so uh, maybe it's for the best for the entire world if Cam Newton never speaks again, so that's a good thing. The 4-2 and two Panthers are three-point favorites on the road. Carolina gives three at Mitch Trubisky and the 2-4 and four Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, Luke Kuechly's gone full dumplings mode here. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin Uh-oh. is questionable. He's banged up. Uh, I like the Bears here at home to spring a little trap on the Panthers, who I don't think have been all that great through the first you know, six games of the season. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears here to to sneak out a win against Carolina.
0: I don't like that. That's that's that bear whispering. That's, uh, that's got some of that feel to it there. I did it to you
1: last week. I did it to you last week.
0: A game that they shouldn't win or, or really even compete in, because Carolina is a very good... Defense. It's a second straight really good defense that the, that the rookie Trubisky would draw. The Ravens last week, and now the Panthers this week. Uh, and, and I'm also worried because Chicago's defense has been surprisingly good. They could win the game yeah. if Cam Newton has another one of those off performances uh, that he is wont to have. Uh, but my, I'm going to go with my instinct initially to, that the Panthers should come come into Soldier Field and knock off. The Bears this should not be a spot for Trubisky to overcome uh, the Panthers' D, especially with Ronda Vera coming back home. I don't think he wants to let a rookie beat him in Soldier Field. Uh, yeah, Keekly needs to just retire. He, he needs to quit. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Every time he gets a concussion, it feels like he misses the next eight weeks. Um, dude needs to find a new career. I'm sorry. Uh Carolina with a little extra rest coming off of the uh, last game that they played was last Thursday. So maybe that would also help them as well. On to the late afternoon action in San Francisco, the 0-6 49ers, one of two teams left that need to find a way to win a game. But as we chronicle, they also really compete. Just like the uh, uh, the 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 Colts really compete and the, and the Niners really compete, even though they're really bad at football. Uh, the 0-6 49ers are six-point underdogs at home against Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott and the 2-3 Dallas Cowboys. I, Zeke's up for now, I, I guess he's, I yeah, guess he's
1: active I, I, now. I guess. I mean, so what was the stat? Is that four or five weeks in a row that the 49ers have lost a game by less than a field goal? I mean, what was? It was crazy.
0: Yeah, that's it. Five last five games in a row, three points or less. Yeah.
1: You know what I call that? I call that a trend. I'm going to take the 49ers and the points and
0: locking it up yeah I feel like that's dangerous just because of the the whole buy thing The Dallas is rested coming off a buy but as last week proved maybe I'm overvaluing the motherfucking buy a little too much
1: (laughs) maybe that's one of my problems Um, maybe slightly it's the only place I did damage against you last week
0: but but I gotta. I'm trusting to buy with this one as well. I'm taking Dallas. I'm giving the it six. It's not just that Zeke is is healthy. It's the, the, the Messiah. Hallelujah! 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 Sean Lee looks like he's going to play. Everyone in Dallas rejoice. Sean Lee
1: is back. We've totally, we totally jumped <laughs> off of playing the hallelujah for black jesus now we're on to playing it for for sean lee you know that's the first black jesus reference of 2017 yeah it's been been quite a while but yeah
0: the way they talk about sean lee oh my
1: god oh god this isn't this isn't this isn't a sunday night game we're good we're good
0: Yes, we, we will miss
1: all that yeah. slobber. And he'll re-injure, and whatever he's hurt with, he'll re-injure by the end of the half, by the end of the first half. So I'm not worried about that. We'll get some C.J. Beathard yeah. action here in this one.
0: Yeah, whoever that is. The Seattle Seahawks also coming off a of bye. The 3-2 and two Seahawks give three and a hook. Seattle minus three and a half at Eli Manning and the 1-5 New York Giants.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to buy into the West Coast team going east in this one. I'm going to take the Seahawks here to win fairly easy. The Giants are crap. That's
0: what we thought last week. What happened? Uh,
1: they can they can
0: compete if they can rush Russell Wilson. Seattle may may have had a bye, but they still don't know how to protect their quarterback. So I'm actually going to take the Giants to, to cover the number. I'm Not necessarily to win, but to you get cover the hook as well. Cute.
1: Oh, 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 you're getting cute.
0: I, I might be getting a little cute there. That hook does scare me. I must admit. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in another bloody AFC North battle. Uh, every time I see Cincy versus Pittsburgh, I have the same thought that Vontez perfect hasn't been suspended lately. It's about time for another dirty Vontez Perfect hit. Usually, it comes. He
1: also the he also hasn't done anything lately. That's like, true. Good on the football field.
0: Yeah, good or bad. Uh, the 2-3 and Bengals are 5.5-point dogs at the 4-2 and two Steelers.
1: Yeah, this used to be my corollary. Take the road team in this match. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Steelers and give the points. Not a heavy favorite week for me, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers and the points here.
0: I was tempted to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Cincinnati uh, with the points. That's another one where I'm sort of getting cute. Uh, I'd still like what Bill Lazor has done with the offense since taking over as the o c for Cincinnati. good short passing game you're You're gonna need quick passes against the Steelers because otherwise they'll kill Andy Dalton, but uh, I like what they've been doing, and I'll take those points. Denver Broncos at three and two coming off uh, no, they're not coming off by. They're coming off a bad loss to the Giants on Sunday night. Uh, Denver minus one at uh, the two and four Los Angeles Chargers in the soccer stadium.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the Broncos here to bounce back. Good teams usually bounce back from those bad losses. So the Broncos are definitely a good team. I'm going to take the Broncos and that defense to to stifle Phillip Rivers in the soccer stadium.
0: Week one, uh, Denver with the late Monday night win over San Diego. The L.A. Chargers, whatever they're called, uh, they were dominating that game. The late rally fell short. Yeah, Denver is the better team. I agree with you, and I'll take them as well. And the Monday nighter, this week is the Redskins at three and two are five point underdogs at the dominant five and one Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Sorry, I had the I had the chick talking in my ear, the the blog talk radio chick. Yeah, I know we're going off the air. We're going into the after show, so somebody's going to have to listen to this pick in the after show because this is important. <laughs> I hate the Eagles, right? I hate them. I hate the Eagles. I hate Carson Wentz. I hated his stupid-ass <laughs> touchdown. I'm ending that shit right now because I'm taking the Eagles. <laughs> ah. I'm picking them to stop them. They must be stopped. So the I'm Eagles must the be the Eagles stopped. and giving the points because I my picks have been so shitty this year. By taking them, <laughs> they're going to lose. This is my plan to fuck the Eagles. So take that, Philly. I picked you. Ah.
0: Uh, another rematch of a of the game earlier this year. The Redskins, notoriously slow starters under Jay uh in Week One.
1: You like that? You like that? Uh, they
0: they didn't like Week One. They got their doors <laughs> blown off at home by the Eagles, thirty to seventeen.
1: That game was uh, not, just, uh, no. That game turned on an absolutely shitty call.
0: Well. Good teams we, we, get over let's shitty. Let's not forget our
1: history. Let's not forget <laughs> our history.
0: I remember it. Yeah. But you, you gotta get over those though. You get you, you know I you,
1: haven't gotten over it.
0: Uh Carson Wentz went for three hundred and seven yards. That wasn't on a uh, wasn't all no. on shitty calls. Uh no. the, the rest the risky leading rushers in that game that went 30 yards each, and one of them was a the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. And, and as you always say, you cannot win a game if your quarterback is the leading rusher. So a lot of things bad for the Redskins in that game, but they're not the same team. They were. That was Kirk Cousins' first game with the, that new receiving core, a bunch of new targets out there. He, it looks like he's adjusted. It looks like he's gotten used to those guys. He's up to 8.4 yards per attempt for the season. Um, I'm going to take the Redskins and and probably make you feel even more comfortable taking the Eagles. I feel really good
1: about this one now, yeah.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you're taking them to fuck them over, and I'm going against them, which pretty much guarantees that the Eagles are going to dominate on Monday night and and sweep the the (laughs) Redskins.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. But yeah, oh, God, I can't stand the Eagles. I don't know what it is. I, I, I have no particular rooting hate against this team you know I, I have no interest in rooting against the eagles they're inoffensive to me i just really don't like this team they are, i think i don't think they are a five and one team i don't think they're a, i don't think they're a a top team i think they're an easy bounce from the playoffs i i, I think they're playing way above their heads i don't like it so i'm We're putting an end in this way. To start, right? right now yeah but an end to this i'm done with these guys so, they so yes, they believe the, the Eagles of hoping to lose this pick. pick. Yes, yeah. Now I'll be very mad if they <laughs> win but don't cover. Then I'll oh. be really mad. They have to. If, if they're going to screw me, they have to lose. <laughs> nope you you
0: called it. Now they're going to go to six and one. Oh. By getting a late field goal to win. Oh yeah, it's going to it is be.
1: And it's going to know, it's gonna be a hook, yeah. So it's going to be like 20 to 16. They're totally going <laughs> to hook me. Oh, God. Totally going to screw me. Because that's what the Eagles do, and we're going to be talking about this on Tuesday night, that the Eagles got me again. Well,
0: you, you, as low of a season as you're having, you're giving away picks now trying to put a team over. So uh, I, yeah. I I wish you luck, but I don't know if that's going to work out well for you.
1: We've both done this before, though. Don't act like this is something. Oh different.
0: yeah, oh yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, how many have...
1: times have we said over the years, "I'm going to end that shit right now"? Uh huh. That's what I'm doing. Had my fair share of that. Absolutely, no, no doubt. Yeah, but no. When I when I made the pick, I realistically made the pick for the Eagles, but it hurts me so bad to do it. I kind of don't want them to do it. You know what I mean? It hurt physically picking the Eagles.
0: Someone might get hurt this week. We are different on 10 games out Ouch. of 14 tomorrow and Yikes. Monday night. And yeah, right. both of our locks of the week, the other guy has got the opponent. So we're yeah. really looking at things differently. Well just, this
1: week. You might as well just put me away in week seven. The way my <laughs> season's going, price.
0: I would love to play the taps music for you next week if I take like eight of these ten or something like that.
1: Yeah, but even but even if you do, it's too soon. I know, but I I just want it. it, it I, I there's wanna. way there's way too much of the season. We're not even at the halfway point yet. This We're thing still Not change. even halfway done. I know, but I, I just want to do I it am, so bad. I'm surprised how much we disagree this week.
0: I am too. That was I was not expecting to get to, to count up ten just now, but that's what it is. Wow. And we and some of these games were sawed completely opposite when we describe what we expect to happen. You expect Minnesota to to, to not run. You specifically expect Jarek McKinnon to, to struggle against the Ravens, and I specifically expect him to succeed. Yeah, so I'm we're not, really micro yeah. I'm not getting into the I'm not
1: sold on I'm not sold on Jarek McKinnon. We've seen this before. We know what he is. He's a third down running back, catching running back trying to run between the tackles. Okay, that'll work. That, that Everything that they did last week against the Packers, I just threw away because they were playing against a team that was basically shell-shocked. That defense was overwhelmed because it knew it was going to have to play to, to, to basically win. They were going to have to win with defense. That's not a position that the Packers are, are very good in, um, knowing that that was the case. You know that that offense was not going to be able to really get things going against the uh, against the Vikings, and realistically, they did, they they lost, and they lost. What was it twenty? Was it twenty three to ten? Was the final something like that? So even at that point, it was twenty three or twenty seven to ten. Was some? It was, but it was still the 23. the decimation. Yeah, twenty three ten. It wasn't just this blowout, you know, that I was expecting. Once Aaron Rodgers went out of the game, I figured, oh, geez, you know, they're just going to let the floodgates open. I'm not sold on Case Keenum minus Stefan Diggs. I don't think Adam Thielen is a uh, upper echelon type wide receiver. Who's I, I think Baltimore in that that's so Ravens kind of way might just feel like they can just very sneaky team. You know, those Ravens, right? Every time you think yeah, they're dead, I, they come... they, they a zombie team. Every time you think they're dead, they just come back from the dead. Every time you think they're good, they find a way to gag it. This is the perfect spot for them to lay in the weeds. They're a decent-sized underdog. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you turn around, oh, they got you. <laughs> Completely out of nowhere.
0: I just hate how Fleco sucks, 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 struggle, struggle, sucks, sucks. And then on his, like, 60th pass attempt between a two-week stretch or three-week stretch, I'll decide to throw a 50-yard bomb to Mike Wallace. What, huh? What? So that's the thing that we pick is that you Flacco is liable to go for 250 tomorrow for no good reason, and there's no predicting that. And that's uh, that's why I can't pick against them as far as like a lot goes, but I sure as hell. can't really pick them right now the way they're playing i don't i I don't know i don't know i don't know what the ravens are i have no idea they probably don't know we we never
1: know but what it's the predictable unpredictability from the ravens that i love and when the spot (laughs) says to pick against them take them i think that's one of the things that we've learned i remember going back a few seasons the game on the Thursday night, when you said they had no chance, because Ray Rice had just gotten all the stuff that just uh, happened with Ray Rice, and no chance in hell, the Ravens are toast. The, the, the season's, oh, and come I, on. The, no. All the
0: distraction all yeah. week and all no. – come on. There's not no only, way they're ready no. to
1: play a football not a, game. Not only have I taken the Ravens, I've taken them to win.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And they, and they won. What, what do I know? It's so Ravens. Come on, I coined the phrase. Even though others have tried to steal it from me.
0: And, uh, they, they've, they've earned it. They've earned every bit of And at the end of the day, at the end of the year, with all of that uncertainty and inconsistency, you look up and what are they going to be? Probably about 8-8. Eight 8-8. Eight. Eight,
1: eight, chance for the last wild card. You know? What a, you know, we talked about it in passing, but they are a well-coached team. They,
0: they play hard for John they,
1: Harbaugh. They play hard for John Harbaugh. I want to say they really have had the only real ugly game they had was that London game. Right? Oh, that that, 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 that was, You need a new yeah. word
0: for, for that one. Ugly isn't good enough.
1: Yeah. I'm going to call that Andy Dalton-esque. Oh. I remember, I remember that Andy Dalton game from a couple thurs, years ago on that Thursday night, which I think we agreed was one of the worst quarterback games that we'd ever seen. Um, That wasn't, you know, that wasn't like a a Ryan Lindley type start, you know, where it was just (laughs) a guy thrust into a position that he had no business being in. Like, this is a top flight, you know, this is a starting quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) We don't count those. You expect those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that Joe Flacco performance against Jacksonville is (laughs) Damn. (laughs) But, you know, look at Jacksonville. When they win. They they look make like the other quarterbacks look like a chump. That's what they have yeah, to they, do. I mean, they made Ben Roethlisberger look like a chump. They made Joe Flacco look like a chump. They and then they made Jared Goff. They made, they made Jared Goff look like a chump. They made Jared Goff look like a chump too. Problem was, they gave up two special teams touchdowns.
0: It's really hard to overcome that. Yeah, but the Jaguars yeah, I are say if maybe even even more unpredictable than the Ravens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because they're young and kind of good, but I don't think they know how good they are yet. So they you're getting these wild inconsistent, you know, up and down. The meter for them is either all the way one way, all the way the other way. It's like they they're either playing with a big lead and they're getting they're getting off with that defense or have we even seen the Jaguars play like a real tight close, well-played game yet this year where it's them and another team just going back and forth. It seems like it's over early with them all year long.
0: One way or the other.
1: Yeah, you'll go know by the end of the first quarter if the Jacks are going to win or lose.
0: Uh, Ian Rappaport on Twitter is reporting that the Jaguars do not expect Leonard Fournette to play Week 7 against the Colts.
1: And we yeah. both picked the Colts that's one of the ones we agreed on, right? Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> one of the one ones we agreed on. One of the we four we agreed on is the Colts <laughs> over the Jags in a game where we didn't even know that that was pro- the, the, the most likely outcome yet. But you got to rest this guy. Don't let him go out there and get killed.
0: And like I said, I, I can't remember a guy starting after not practicing all week so, unless it was like Jerry Rice. So who's,
1: so who's running it for them? Is that Fred Taylor? Tomorrow. I mean, who, who's, who's toting the rock for <laughs> Where is Fred Taylor these days? Uh, Chris Ivory will get the start for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's serviceable, right? He's okay. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll, he's a guy. Yeah. He's a guy. He, he's not the worst. But nonetheless, I
0: still don't trust. Because we saw, we've seen Chris Ivory and Blake Bortles. We've seen that combination the last couple uh-huh. of
1: years, and it's yeah. it's not good. Yeah, and one of the receivers, one of the Allens is hurt. Right, he's been out always. You know, one <laughs> of them's Robinson always hurt out for the year. Yeah, Al Robinson's done. Um, yeah, this feels like one of those spots for for Jake Brisket maybe to finally <laughs> turn something into a W here. You know, in that division, three and four are still is competitive.
0: I really am looking forward to the AJ
1: Boye T White Hilton
0: matchup because I you know how I love Boye and I. I love Hilton yep. as well. I think he's one of the best receivers in football. And uh, that I, don't, I watch a lot of corner versus wider receiver matches, but I really want to keep an eye on that. I don't know if he's going to try to press him, which I think would be dangerous because if T.Y. gets a step on you, he is gone. Um, so I really want to see how that, that breaks down. And if he shuts out Hilton and takes him out of the game, can Jack Brisket adjust and, and find other targets and, and win the game that way?
1: Yeah, we were, well, we're really we're really interested. We we're we're heavily invested well, in this Jags Colts game. I actually, that's one of the
0: matchups of the weekend that I really want to see. It happens to be in the Jaguars Colts game, and I did not think I was going to say that when the week began.
1: You know, we highlighted the Jag- with the Colts Rams a week ago. I mean, things are different this year. I think we'll both we we both that's the theme of this season. We are in bizarre Wide world. open. This thing is is wide open. You've got no clue what you're going to get from week to week right now. No clue. This is why we've disagreed so many times this year.
0: (laughs) I don't think we've gotten to 10 in one week like this week,
1: though. No. But as luck would normally have it, we'll probably go five and five against each other. That's what usually happens. That's That's more the norm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't we'll be the least bit surprised there. Yeah, you could go, you could go nine. I, I believe it was a few was a few years ago when we disagreed on ten games, and I went nine zero oh, and one against you. That was that week one. Yeah, yeah, that started that the podcast, too. right? That I believe that was the very first episode of the podcast. You are correct. Not the very first episode, but the first week of us picking games. I I pretty much ran the table on you in the first week and uh wire to wire and then the next year you did the same thing to me in the first week. Just just crushed me in week one. This year in week one you crushed me. So you are I've clearly in the driver's up, seat here.
0: Ever since then oh nine and one I've been playing catch up ever since. That's all I've been trying to do.
1: Yeah this year uh, I, I got I got whooped in week one and week two and Week three, and I've just I've just not having a good year. This is the by far the worst year either one of us have had on this show to this point. Well,
0: let's see. But, you're,
1: uh, yeah, but, you're at four hundred seven now. So you're, you're at least i in the four hundreds. Last week, right. I will say last week, even though my record wasn't stellar, it was the first week I actually started to feel good about something. You know, I was like I actually won some games against you. Where it wasn't just like you win every pick against me, where it seems like that's the way it was going. So last week I actually, yeah, there was some thin and some it was some of my weird picks were the ones that that came through. Plus I crapped all over your parlay, it made me feel good too.
0: <laughs> I don't feel quite as confident in all these picks this week as I did uh, last week, but I, I will say the the my lock. I was sort of looking down the list tonight, trying to find another game to talk myself off of locking in the Falcons. And in the end, I just said, this is my gut. This is what I've been feeling for all all week long. This is what I think is going to happen. The Falcons are going to go up to New England and, and beat the living hell out of the Patriots. And... The Patriots may have a little bit of a late comeback and make it closer than it may be. But the Falcons are the underdogs. So as long as they still hold on and win the game, which I don't think they, can, they, they, they can't they can let the Patriots come all the way back and beat them again. But I think it's going to be very yes, they similar. Can. To the, but they can. <laughs> I think really. it's going to be similar to the Super Bowl. I think the Falcons will go out on that Patriots defense and, and just bludgeon them and, and take what they want from them the entire first half and then the defense is going to have to come to play and, and hold on in the second half. But uh, I, this is how I've been feeling all week. I really love the Falcons in that spot. This is, this is going to be their Super Bowl. This is like the Jets Super Bowl against the Patriots. This is going to be the Falcons Super Bowl, and they were in an actual Super Bowl against the Patriots and, and gave up the biggest lead in the history of the Super Bowl. So this is their ultimate, ultimate revenge game as far as
1: I'm concerned. So, so, so playing on your narrative here because you're very narrative minded. So the, the the Falcons beat the Patriots. Is that is that a springboard for them, or is everything after that a letdown?
0: That's a that's a good question. Um, I think it's a it's a springboard. I, I still don't like them to make it all the way through the NFC uh, playoffs, but I think it does set them up to have a a sort of a more relaxed rest of the season and maybe not be as tense as to get a a big lead against the Dolphins and blow the whole damn thing. Um, I I do think it it sort of gives them sort of a, like a a bit of an exhale and a way to sort of go about the rest of their season without the 28 to three won't hover and hang over their heads every single week like it is right now if they go to New England and get the revenge that that I think they're gonna get.
1: Yeah, yeah it's funny. I was watching one of one of the talking head shows you know, while I'm at work and I got I'm going through the channels. And it's on it's on one of the stations. It's on Fox or ESPN, one of those one of those talking heads networks for the sports now where they just all seem to be copying each other's people back and forth. It's like it's just a revolving door now of people going from FS one to ESPN and back and forth and there again. But one of the shows this shows you The you know the level I don't want to be put patting ourselves on the back, but it's nice to do it sometimes because one of these shows one of these shows was talking about the Falcons with the with the blowing the big lead in the Super Bowl, almost on the understanding like because they were talking about the 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 blowing the big lead to the Dolphins right. And then you know that the you know, that the, the, the sort of like the genesis of this, the beginning of this whole thing, was the 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 blowout you know win that they had over the Patriots that they gave away. Uh, people who pay attention to football know that the Falcons were giving up the booty with the big leads last year all year long. Mm-hmm. They did they did that all year. They would run out to these huge leads. Now a lot of those games they would hang on and win. But we talked about it all the time on the show about how, you know, the Falcons would be all of a sudden they're up, you know, 41 to three on somebody. And the next thing you know, the the game's within eight. We saw that against the Saints. We saw that against the Panthers. I mean, we we saw that against the Packers in the playoffs, even though they were blowing the doors off the Packers, they still let them come back and score some garbage time and make it a little bit more interesting. These people on TV are dumb. They don't pay attention. They want to fit. They want to fit everything into this neat box that all traces back to the Super Bowl, although their Super Bowl loss, if you paid attention, wasn't entirely a huge surprise. It wasn't a huge surprise to either one of us. You predicted it. I called it. Yeah, Listen because the of Super the history of show that team. pretty much team. went exactly
0: the way yeah. I said
1: Yeah, but because we knew the history of that team to run out to big leads and not be able to hang on to them. So it made me feel good about what we're doing here at, in much less detail.
0: We, all we try to do, all we've ever tried to do is call it the way we see it and, and let you, the listener, decide, are they full of it? Do they not know what they're talking about? What, what's the deal here? We just put it out there. We know maybe paying more attention to the Falcons than normal because Jason's a big Falcons fan, perhaps. But either way, we know the Falcons love to give up garbage time points garbage time yards and we know that dan quinn's defense is uh based on the the seattle seahawks and predicated on what the seahawks used to do and we know they're not there yet they're not the seahawks as much as they try to be as much as they think they are they're not the seahawks so they get those big leads like that because they're just not quite there yet to the level where they can just shut everybody off and shut everybody down uh so yeah we've we've seen it we've Saw it all last year, like you said, and and there it was in the Super Bowl for everybody to see. Yeah, uh, maybe not giving it all the way up and losing to Jake Keller and the Dolphins, maybe not to that level. But again, I actually personally <clears throat> personally think that it's the little bit of Super Bowl hangover to to do that to give up that lead. And you mentioned perhaps maybe looking forward, maybe they took their foot off the gas and, and thought about the started thinking about the Patriot game um, and, and didn't. Complete the, the process, uh, so to speak, and oh, then put God. that game Let's away. Not talk about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that a sore spot? Completing the process? Oh. And stuff? Yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I do think it's a jumping off for the for the Falcons because all of it. You, can you imagine being a Falcons player or a coach and everywhere you've gone since February, you've heard 28 to 3? It's a national a band. joke. It is. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, you can speak to that. Um, well, they they but,
1: earned it. We I gotta mean, give them that. I mean, it, they
0: did it. Y'all did not it. Not
1: undeserved. Not undeserved. It it happened. It it really happened. I mean, there were reasons, but it, it still happened. You know, we made, you saw a team just get totally gassed in the second half, and just they had nothing left in the tank. It was like they they used it all up building the lead and had nothing left after that.
0: A little bit of everything went into that. Uh, you got the element of luck with that uh, Edelman catch. You, you got a little bit yeah. of, you know, the, the certainly uh, three
1: three straight three straight holding calls on third down. I believe. Oh man, on defense, uh, yeah, you don't see that very often. And Just certainly saying.
0: getting worn out by by the offense not being able to stay on the field and run the damn clock out, but.
1: That's true, too. Yeah. And, yeah, and doing that whole sequence at the end of the game that we highlighted where they got into field goal range and then somehow decided to piss their way out of it when all they had to do was just run the ball right up the middle three times and give Matt Bryant, one of the most reliable kickers in the league, a chance to ice the game away. Instead, so they don't and said, they punt. Get, They'd rather just punt. Many, just
0: dropping back and getting sacked. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I didn't want to come down hard because I thought they were going to try to win the game the way they played all year. And I admired that. But hindsight being well, 2020. you're
1: changing your tune a little bit? You're changing your...
0: I, I know what the conventional wisdom is, and that's to, to run the <laughs> ball, run the clock, get the field goal. So I, I've known the whole time that that's the conventional wisdom. Yep. I'm still not. I still admire the balls of Kyle Shanahan trying to win the game. In the style that the falcons that's how they got there that's why the atlanta falcons got back to the super bowl for the first time since 2000 whatever was it 98 or 2000 like that
1: 98
0: that's how they did it was, was maddie ice dropping back in in the face of everything and, and beating you with his arm and saying fuck you this is how i do it uh so i still admire that but i do admit that the convention of wisdom is, is take the three points just just keep the field position yeah, at that spot point.
1: at that spot though you're at yeah. the 25 yard line run the ball three times that's not like the patriots were stopping the run either right
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> at, you know, the first play of the game was like a 40 yard run so chances are pretty good if you just would have run that three times you might have popped one of them or at least you would have gotten that thing down to the two and a half minutes running the clock. Patriots probably weren't in Mm -hmm. mode to start really burning the timeouts yet. You don't know, but you got to give your – you got to just – three points there means the world. If you miss the field goal, all right, you miss the field goal. Then you're going to get lambasted for that. But, you know, at least you had the chance to put points on the board. You don't get a chance to put points on the board when you punt.
0: Not unless they fumble the the punt on you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's not a that's not your plan when you punt the ball. I mean, I'm sure that's every team's plan when they punt the ball to have the other team just muff it. But <laughs> it doesn't happen as much when you've got a when you've got a kicker that's as good as Matt Bryant was last year. You know, in, in a controlled environment where a 40 yard field goal should, should have been a no no problem. Now you might have missed it, but the, the percentages were high.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt uh, forgive us for our naval gazing folks and, and relitigating the Super Bowl but Jason is a huge Falcons fan and clearly still has some some pent up thoughts and feelings about it all and with the rematch coming tomorrow night it's it's top of mind so
1: no. uh, I'm Well it's it's you got you can't talk about this game without talking about the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right.
1: It's not or, like the Falcons yeah, and the I'm, Patriots have a rich storied history against each other. <laughs>
0: They do now. <laughs> they do
1: now. Yes. They are forever linked. I'm definitely looking
0: forward to that game tomorrow night.
1: Um, yeah, I'll be watching. Am... No baseball tomorrow night. We're we're fully into World Series mode now. You got any, any thoughts on Dodgers-Astros? I guess I'll give myself a half-hearted uh, sideways pat on the back for the Astros making the World <laughs> Series since I kind of predicted they would. I'll I'll
0: give you a partial applause. Partial. Yeah. yeah, give me well, the deaf clap. The official pig, but you. <laughs> uh,
1: what well, yeah, you, the you, thing? You, you did. You're doing did it right it. You're, now you're, too. <laughs> you did it. I know you did it. It's like Jingle Bell Rock. You were doing the deaf clap for me.
0: It's indoctrinated in us. Yes. Um, I almost feel like I, I don't deserve to have a a, a pick betw- uh, between the Dodgers and anybody as much as I've doubted the Dodgers every step as much as I've derided them for even hiring Dave Roberts as a manager and overcome all of that don't need Corey Seager just leave him off the roster that's fine we'll still beat the Cubs in 5 um every step of the way I've doubted the Dodgers and every step that they've come up and, and shown me and shown everybody uh, that they're a much better team than, than I thought. And specifically made fun of Kike Hernandez, I think, on the last show. And what does he do last night? He just jacks three yeah. home runs. <sighs> so what, what do I know? Um, But if I have to pick one, I'm going to doubt him again and go with that Astros team, who just seems like a team of destiny. Um, just
1: just love the way they're to put
0: together. And and adding fun. that Justin Verlander piece at the end, like, come on, how could you polish it off any better than that? So
1: I, I can <laughs> tell you how you can polish it off better than that. That pitching performance tonight between Char- uh, Charlie Morton and McCullers, basically yeah. just using your your fourth and your fifth starter to go out there and shut the Yankees out. You get you know. Basically, you get a five-inning winning performance from Morton and then a four-inning save from McCullers, and he just mowed them down in the eighth and ninth inning. Aaron Judge came up in the eighth inning. I I believe Aaron Judge came up in the eighth inning and went, and he just threw him like three knuckle curves, and it was strike one, strike two, strike three, all out of the zone, all swinging, made him look like a total chump. It was beautiful. That's
0: what you got to do when when you get a – big slugger that doesn't care about striking out. You just keep throwing him out of the zone and yeah. watch him.
1: Just toss him the soft him stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, but you know, as, as impressive as Verlander was that pitching performance tonight, which I don't think a lot of people expected. I think people expected the Yankees were going to be able to get to those two guys and they gave up nothing. The goose. I mean, they just shut them out. Uh, impressive. I, I, Oh yeah, And in the series, everybody wanted to turn on the Astros when the Yankees were up 3-2. to two, And I had to always be the voice of reason for my sports fan friends at my work or anybody who wanted to hear my opinion about this is how it's supposed to be. The whole playoff system is set up for the home team to be going home down 3-2. If the home teams just hold serve, this is what should happen. Right? That's right. And the, I, the I didn't say it out loud on the show, so
0: I'm not gonna scream at the top of my lungs. But I, I did feel the whole time sort of uh, that the Astros were gonna win. These, was gonna win Game Six seven and Seven to take this series. I kind of yeah. felt like that was gonna
1: happen. Um, yeah, especially as good are, as they were at home in Game One and Two. At uh, Verlander going in Game Six. You know, the only wild right. card I think for a lot of people was. That Game 7 performance, CC Sabathia, coming off of a loss. He's like golden, and the Astros are throwing a couple of, you know, basically the no-name with another kind of no-name guy. Not a lot of national sports people, people who watch sports casually, have any idea who the hell Charlie Morton and Lance McCullers are.
0: We know, well, we know. We know. Yeah. We know how good they are.
1: Yeah. But, but most – of your usual, everybody knows who CC Sabathia is, at least if you're a casual baseball fan. So you're going to go with the name guy. And I wasn't one of those people who just thought it was this, this preordained Yankees victory tonight because the Astros, oh, they have no pitching. The Yankees have that bullpen. No, it's not, not as easy as you think, especially if the Astros get the lead and make the bullpen meaningless.
0: And that home crowd, that atmosphere just rocking. Yeah. It's, it was a very tall task for the for the Yankees to win six and seven. So no shame in, yeah, so in nice, coming up short there.
1: Yeah, nice tight four nothing game tonight. Couple homers, and a big two run double from Brian McCann, kind of the forgotten man in that lineup. Like, oh yeah, Brian McCann, he used to be good.
0: Right, and then in the World Series, you know Evan Gaddis will hit a couple homers. Oh, I I remember Evan Gaddis. I remember he, yeah. he used to be good. So,
1: yeah, Carlos Dotran
0: come up and. And have something to say.
1: There's
0: those guys
1: Beltran. in that lineup. I, I, I have expected the World Series to end not the, I, not the World Series, I have expected the LCS to end with the Yankees ahead and like the base is loaded and two outs and Astros down by a run and Carlos Beltran takes a pitch right down the middle to strike out Why does that <laughs> seem so familiar? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, Carlos. that's what happened in two thousand and five to get the Astros into the World Series when Richard Beltran was with the uh was it the Cardinals, right? Was it the Mets? I think it was with the Cardinals that year. The Astros uh-huh. beat the Cardinals. The Astros beat the Cardinals. I know this because the Astros beat the Cardinals because it was looking like we could have had a White Sox Cardinals World Series. Uh-huh. And all I yeah. remember is Carlos Beltran would have made
0: the Cub fans' head explode if that would have happened.
1: Yeah. Carlos Beltran takes. A, a just a big bender right mm-hmm. down the middle looking to be the last out of the league championship series to put Houston in the it's world from, series. There.
0: It's from Brad Lidge, if I remember.
1: <laughs> wow. We're going to, it's 12 years ago. Think about that.
0: Big yellow hammer. Can't can't forget it. If you've seen it, if you see that highlighted, you cannot forget it because that was season on the line and he's still standing <laughs> waiting for it.
1: Just left the bat on his shoulder. Like you got nothing else. you got dudes on base. It's a tight game. And he just stood there with the bat on his shoulder, took a bender right – I mean, you can't throw a pitch more down the middle than, than he served him up. He literally put it on a tee for him. And Beltran just decided to stand there and take it. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming.
0: No, it's not a tight game. It's if you take this strike, your season ends. And he yeah. took it. And they turn the lights off and they're mowing the field and they're sprinkling the the, the lawn. I and think
1: Beltran's still in there, there for about a month.
0: <laughs>
1: the Astros are out on the field getting the trophy and Beltran's still in the batter's box with the bat up on his shoulder.
0: <laughs> what happened? Hey,
1: what uh, happened? Yeah, what happened? Oh, you gotta we gotta get that drop. I'm sure it's out there. Oh yeah, we gotta get that one yeah I'm, I'm excited all... I mean I mean obviously I'd be more excited if the Cubs were in the World Series, but we we already dissected them. They weren't good enough to be in the World Series so didn't hit. I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm rooting for the Astros because they kind of remind me of the Cubs team from last year. Um, you know they they remind me of that that young energetic they're boy, they're tough to get out. I mean they were they, they are really good, but they need to win a road game. Here, if they want to win the World Series, they have to win a road game.
0: Have to go to Chavez and win at least one.
1: So. Yeah, they might just be so young and dumb uh, that they might just be able to pull this thing off. That's
0: right. They may not have any jitters. Uh, but yeah, as far as the football tomorrow, I am so jazzed up and excited because finally got my schedule changed at work i have my sundays back i am off on sundays like a normal human being and i will get to watch not all football because my wife has got plans for those off days that don't involve football but what the hell back to watching at least some football like a normal person does
1: so so what so are you do you have something planned for tomorrow or you're like hey this is my first one i'm watching some damn football
0: I I don't have anything planned. I want to, my, my sort of strategy as a husband and you and you're, you being a husband, you know that you have to sort of plan these things out and have a, a game plan when you walk in. I'm not going to resist at all the first, I don't know, three, four, five weeks. If my wife says, put the remote down, we're going to brunch or we're going to church or something, yes, dear, whatever you say. I got this day off so that we can have more time together because we don't have any common days off together. So it's going to be for us. This is you and me. Yeah. It's not going to be all about football. I need to to sort of slow play it into Sunday as my football day. I can't do it right off the bat because then I'm going to have resentment. But if I do it, ah. my thinking is that if I do it after a number of weeks, if I do it after a month or a month and a half, then it won't be such a, a shock to the system. So I'm I, I don't have any plans yet tomorrow. If my wife says we're gonna do something, then fine, we're gonna do something. But uh, I, I do have my Sundays back. So eventually, somewhere down the road, I will be able to sit there and just watch football all day like a like a real man.
1: Yeah, I see. I have a whole different set of circumstances with with kids. It's totally different when right. you have kids. Yeah. because you know I have that whole you know it's one thing if I want to sit there and I want to watch some football because you know, I'll get up and I'll go you know go talk to the wife, but when you got the kids, you get the whole like guilt feeling, total guilt feeling if you're not. Daddy, why
0: don't it. you want to play with us?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and then my wife, my, my wife's pretty good about it. She knows if there's like an important game, like if, you know, if the Packers are on, no problem. Cause she wants to watch oh. them too. And she knows if I want to watch them, like if I wanted tomorrow, if I was home tomorrow, you know, we'd be watching football probably during the Packer game. Then yeah. we'd have that gap between the Packer game and then the Falcons game with the Patriots tomorrow night. She knows full well that I'd want to watch that. And the kids are going to go to bed at seven 30 anyway. So that would be my time to watch my game. And she, She's very respectful of that, you know, knows that I was watching a lot of the the playoffs, the bases of the Cubs. And I didn't go overboard this year with the Cubs watch. They just weren't as much fun to watch this year. They weren't as good, you know, maybe it was the, the World Series hangover. But I, I felt like I had spent so much time last year watching. I probably watched 110 Cubs games last year. I watched a lot of Cubs baseball last year with that run-up to the World Series, plus all the playoff games. But this year I kind of felt guilty. I didn't want to watch every Cubs game, I you know. So uh I, I, I scaled it back. I even scaled it back some in the playoffs, didn't watch anywhere near as much playoff baseball as I did the year before. Um Yeah you know, just I, I think some of it was just the fact that I you know, I didn't want to like feel like that that's all I was doing. Right. All
0: right. So totally understand that.
1: Right, so I get a free pass to watch football when the Packers games are on, at least. But I got to watch the Packers because you know it's, this is the Packers house. I fully un- I admit that we I live in a Packers house. That's the arrangement I have with my wife. No way I'm letting my kids grow up in Central Wisconsin as Falcons fans. So <laughs> even though I've got a smattering of Falcons things around the house, I've got a a Falcons helmet in the display case, and uh, you know I've got my I've got my Godzilla. With Falcon's helmet on him, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He's still around. He's still around. He's, he's still there. Wearing his little mini Falcon's helmet, my little 1970s uh, Godzilla toy. One of the only toys I have from when I was a kid. And you he watch over the fits... house. <laughs> He doesn't sit in the front window. You used to. You remember? He used to sit in the front window of my yeah. house, holding you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wearing his Falcon's hat. Uh, and then during Cubs season, he had a Cubs hat that fit him. Yeah. It was one of those little Dairy Queen ones that you got the ice cream in.
0: Yep. Yeah, I remember. Right?
1: You know, when we used – yeah, you remember going to Dairy Queen when we were kids and you got the little mini helmets, right? Absolutely. And that was what that was what you got your ice cream in was the little mini – and I had all the little different mini ones. I had like a mini Cubs one, a mini socks, all the different teams that they would do them for. I think in Chicago, though, we only did Cubs and Sox. Um, But I had one of each. And for years, Godzilla wore his little mini Cubs hat during Cubs season, his little – uh mini uh falcons helmet during during the uh football season. People probably think I'm totally crazy, but you you, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh sports fans already know and, and have their own little idiosyncrasies so they yeah. understand completely. Uh, but other than those
1: the, couple oh what's that?
0: No the mini helmets remind me of one of the more embarrassing moments of my life. There's so many to choose from.
1: I was about to say, which one?
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, And I may have even told the – said it on the air. It's a really, really quick one. It's just that everyone uh, as a kid – or this is in high school. This is actually a Whitney Young high school. Uh, But you you choose a baseball cap to wear uh, that, you know, whatever team that you're a fan of, you – wear a cap. You're not on the team, but you go buy a a cap and, you know, a little cotton cap and put it on and wear it around. It it might have a snapback. It might be a a fitted cap or whatever the case may be. Uh, It's no big deal at all. What people don't do is go buy a batting helmet and wear it around because that looks really retarded. Well, guess who bought a batting helmet at Comiskey Park and decided to wear it to school one day, that would be this guy. And the laughs and the outright straight to my face comments of how stupid I looked walking around with a batting helmet on in the middle of Chicago uh, made me take that off very quickly and, and find a real cap to put on. But I once wore a batting helmet to high school because I thought, hey, everyone wears a cap. I'm going to just wear a helmet. It's it's a, it's a cap. It's, it happens to be a plastic cap, but it's a cap. Uh, the the looks and the comments I got, like, okay, that was a really bad decision.
1: I don't remember you telling that show. And I don't remember that happening, but.
0: It was real quick. I, 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 it was one okay. day. Okay. That, that one lasted one day. Better you than you may not have seen me with
1: it, but than a football helmet. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't know. That would have been special. <laughs> like a goalie mask. Yeah, maybe, or, you know.
0: Maybe a football helmet is so over the top that it turns into cool. You know what I mean? The batting helmet is oh, just dorky, sure. nerdy, retard. Sure. But maybe you the football helmet that. is just next level. Well, I'm not going to try that now. because You should have shown up wearing a, a
1: Bears helmet. Hey! Go
0: Bears! Let's go back Yeah, no. No, I, I didn't come up with that
1: idea. That's, but, uh, that's a I whole different level of special. Now, you could have worn that. <laughs> you could have done that when we were at Skinner and then been on the first floor and you would have fit right in. On the short bus. <laughs> <laughs> another oh, joke yes, that people. nobody gets, but yes, uh, Special Ed was downstairs you when we were at Skinner. So. First floor, we special think about it. Beeping, you probably get the, it. The beeping softball crowd. I know we've talked about that before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but it's still the greatest um, cash grab idea in the history of cash grab ideas. We could have been millionaires on that game. That's all I'm saying.
0: You know, there's so many. I believe. Out I,
1: here. believe we told that. I believe. I believe we had uh, Renard and Cass rolling when we were talking about yeah. that at the, when we met them because, you know, because Renard went to school with us. So it was the first time we'd ever pulled that bit out for anybody else who we went to school with, <laughs> and and he totally got it. it it's yeah. hilarious. It's, it's, and it's funny on, because it's so wrong. I mean, it is clearly not oh, politically correct. Wrong. But it's so wrong that it's funny. And, yeah. Every time I get bored at work and I haven't told anybody that story and indoctrinated anybody into the beeping softball story, um, I'll give that story and everybody just... You get it right away because it's so ludicrous.
0: But it's so special if you got to witness it. If you were one of the people that came through Skinner and actually saw that happening like, oh my why?
1: If you were the person who just gets off the bus and you're getting ready to go in or or you go outside and your class is outside for recess or gym, and then the special ed kids are out there playing with the beeping softball. And you watch the ball get pitched. One of the kids is lucky enough to hit it. And then you get the mad scramble of all the kids playing in the field running for the beeping softball because <laughs> they don't know who's got it. And you've got this. It's so sad.
0: Plus the mad You're dash of the kids trying to run to a base they can't see.
1: Oh, yeah, because tell you what, the bases don't beep. No, like,
0: <laughs> first base, first base, over here. You know,
1: it, you, you don't get that.
0: <laughs> no. Oh god. Oh my god. The memories. Uh,
1: <laughs> I wonder if they. For advanced the Shout out to Miesha
0: wherever that. he is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have they advanced? The, I wonder if they've advanced the technology on that now. They might have bases. You know. Like, the, you know, as soon as the kid steps on first, oh, goes, second base,
0: <laughs> over here. <you>
1: know?
0: <laughs> I would assume so, yeah. I, I would totally assume so. I, I don't know if Skinner could afford it if they up, upgraded like that, but I, I assume they've, they've yeah, certainly just, had advances like I, that.
1: I know we want everything to be all-inclusive, but this is in the 80s. This is before all the, the political right. correctness and all that. What made you? What, other than getting exercise, or maybe working on some hand-eye—well, that's hand no. coordination, I should say.
0: Yeah, not not um, hand-eye,
1: hand-ear, hand-ear coordination. <laughs> um, yeah, well, other than working on one. those skills, what is the whole point of setting up blind kids to play baseball? Other than that, yes, so. you can, and you should feel good about the fact that you can do it. Um. No, I think you said s- to get them some,
0: some exercise, to get them some physical, uh, uh, you know, instead of sitting around in the classroom all day, uh, right, to actually get them
1: You work out there. You can know, go running, you can go for a walk. Yeah. I mean, no, they, they, the they didn't have people who can tennis balls.
0: Same reason people who can see don't run all the time. They get bored. They want
1: to do something <laughs> else. <You> know, <laughs> you know. I just, I, I just. Thought that they'd come up with some different activities because, you, you know, when they hit the ball, you get all like these, these like six kids out there, seven kids out there, all playing the field. Like they're all bent over with their hands down, running right. for the ball. They, you know, they look like chickens trying to eat. You know, they're all like clustered towards to each you. other. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's terrible.
0: Yeah. It happened. Yeah. I right full speed, head first into each other. Yeah. But hey, how else are you going to train for the special Olympics?
1: Now it's time for the classic comedy of the Three Stooges on Channel 32.
0: Yeah. You can call us really terrible people all you want. That's how it looked out there. I'm sorry. That's, how it, that's exactly what it looked like. It's like well, Larry Moe exactly. and Curly trying to play softball.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Nah, we, gotta talk. we gotta stop talking. We gotta stop doing this bit. We gotta stop doing this bit. But it's so it's so it's just so easy to mine from.
0: Oh, uh, the whole special Olympics thing, the, all of those events. We we that that might be a whole show breaking all of that down.
1: <sighs> yeah. But tonight will not be that night though, I promise.
0: No. No, no, it
1: won't. We only have ten uh, minutes left in the after show.
0: And, and I was going to shut it down unless you've had anything
1: else. No, I've, we I'm good. Else. I have I think we've dug our graves and
0: <laughs>
1: bought our we've bought our bus tickets to hell tonight. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, probably already have done it many years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, people who haven't listened to this show, oh, boy, you're getting that rude awakening of what this show is all about right now. Kings of non sequitur. What were we talking about? Uh, The Astros and the Red Sox and the Astros and the Dodgers.
0: (laughs) That was like seven exits ago. I don't know how we got down this road.
1: You really do need a diagram of (laughs) the whole chart. It's, It's amazing that you just, you know, you should take one of our shows or one of us should do this and take one of our shows and after the show, rewrite the recap of the oh, show God. for everything that we oh. talked about in the show. That,
0: if, if we ever get popular, that's what, a, that's what a dedicated fan is for. Somebody will have a website oh, breaking down yeah. all of the segments of the show and, and, and yeah. everyone to get to like, comment on each segment.
1: Yeah, like our show from a month or so, a month and a half ago, where you know in the after show, Jay and Trey break down the, the Bears 2000 and what was it, 2000? <laughs> Three or something, NFL draft or something. I mean, I forget what oh. year it was. But yeah, that's just yeah, it the kind of fun bad. stuff that we do here.
0: And indeed, it is. So right. uh, Tuesday Ten night at uh, 9 Ten p.m. Games. Ten games were different. Huh?
1: This is nuts. I got to do this some Tuesday. damage. I got to get back in this thing. This feels like shit. <laughs>
0: You can jump back in it real easy tomorrow. It's a lot of opportunity.
1: That would be nice.
0: Michael Hayes would say nothing but air and opportunity. Tuesday at 9 o'clock is good?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know it always changes. But for now, (laughs) um, I'm off work on Tuesday. Tuesday at 9. And Tuesday at 9 for me should work better than Wednesday this week. So that's what we'll aim for.
0: That's good. You're uh, really official host. Would, did you want to play us out?
1: Oh, it's all—it's all up to me here tonight. I'm, I gotta start putting some—I uh, gotta start putting some songs in here.
0: Sure. There's certainly enough of my musical taste loaded up already. You can absolutely put anything you want in there.
1: Uh, do, do, do. Let me see what I get here. Well, you know, I'm a, I, I gotta go a little old school now that you've uh, now that you've uh, uh-huh. co-opted the music here. <laughs> our, our old theme song. yeah, Not the Doctor Who theme song. Though, that we no, not, that was that,
0: not a in a the
1: system. system. <laughs>
0: Alright, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast and all of its Unpolitically un- correct glory. Thank you all for listening. The podcast will be up shortly. The things will be on the blog shortly. And we will talk to you Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. East to recap. It's going to be a, a, a very compelling week seven in the NFL. 10 games head to head between me and Jay. We'll see how it all plays out. Talk to you guys Tuesday night. Hey, howdy.